Welcome to the official podcast of the Researchers of Truth US. If you would like to support the creation of this content and spread it to everyone who is looking for it, join the community on our Patreon channel. Your contribution is very valuable to spread the teachings. Many blessings. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the continuing course on spiritual awakening. In the last four classes, we spoke about where we are in this thing called reality. For the next four classes, we will be focusing on who and what we really are. Today, we want to talk about who we are as a personality and examine its composition. To do this, we will deconstruct our personality to better understand the individual elements we ourselves have used consciously or subconsciously, to create this personality. This understanding, along with the practice of introspection, will lead us towards self-mastery and a more meaningful, satisfied, contented life. In other words, a life truly worth living. So let's start with something we all agree on, and that is that there are no two personalities that are exactly the same. And this is because no two personalities use the mind in the same way. What this means is that no two personalities have created exactly the same set of emotions, thoughts, desires, and interests in life, even in the case of identical twins. However, the bodies we as personalities are using are similar. They are composed by the same elements, earth, air, fire, water, and ether. And those elements give us the same material. So all of our bodies are built from the same material, carbon, nitrogen, potassium, salts, fats, and so on. Now, if the personality of man was a result of the body, then all personalities would be similar. But it's not like that. We can see people with extremely healthy bodies that sometimes have extremely stupid personalities or extremely brilliant personalities, and vice versa. Okay, so the raw material, the raw substance of our material bodies are composed of all the same things. But can we say all the endless different personalities are composed of the same substance? Yes, definitely. All the personalities are composed of the same substance, but it's not the same quality of that substance. Now, it's the quality of this substance that has given us the different personalities. And we have lots of different qualities of this substance. The question is, what is giving the different qualities to this same substance? We are, of course. We are using the same super substance of mind and creating either good noble thoughts and emotions and desires or ignoble thoughts, emotions, and desires, which results in illusions, misconceptions, weaknesses, which means it is our thoughts our emotions, our desires, which are the elementals that have come to compose our personality, for better or worse. And we are creating these elementals every moment of every day, and even while we're asleep and dreaming. Now, if you think of your personality like a house, well, a house is built brick by brick, and the personality is built elemental by elemental. The elementals are created by every thought, desire, word, and actions. Our thoughts, desires, words, and actions have a range of purity, from very pure to not so pure. Thus, 
the purity and quality of our personality also has this same range. This is what gives us the quality to the super substance composing our personalities. Now all elementals unerringly return to their creators and become part of their conscious and subconscious minds. All human beings are in a condition of their own creation, which makes each of us responsible for our good or bad conditions. Now with common materials such as stone, wood, iron, and concrete, we can build in a closed-in prison where there no light enters. Or with the exact same materials, we can build a splendid palace full of beauty, harmony, and light. The materials are not so important. It is the intention of the builder that determines if the materials are turned into a palace or a prison. In a similar way, we ourselves have built up our personalities, which can be like palaces, prisons, or a mixture of both. We've all been given the same basic substance to create the building blocks of our personalities. And it's from these basic substances psychonoetic substances, one can create a radiant palace-like personality full of light, love, wisdom, and strength, or create an imprisoned personality darkened by the negativity of doubt, fear, and anger. There is absolutely nothing wrong with the substance we use to create thought, emotion, and desires. It's how we use it that makes all the difference. So from now on, our responsibility is to tear down our prisons and build up our palace. Well, the first thing a human being does in life is to develop a personality. The personality self-awareness is nothing more than a shadow of the real soul self-awareness that has been cast in time, space, and place. So, how does this personality really get formed? It's been repeated many times that a human being in real nature is an eternal spirit soul. But in order to exist... In time, space, and place worlds of existence, we certainly need to develop a healthy personality. And it's easy to see that no personalities are built the same way. Except for the weight, look, every male body is the same as all other male bodies. Except for the weight and look, all female bodies are like other female bodies. The holy archangels are building our material bodies. And that building process is perfectly under the control of these highly intelligent brothers of ours. They build up the material bodies from the various elements of matter. That's why we call them the archangels of the elements, because they use the various elements to build our material bodies and the material world we inhabit. The archangels of the elements, the builders, are flawlessly expressing the will pleasure of God as well as their own will pleasure both in groups and individually. They use the mind perfectly in all its degrees to build up the created worlds of existence. So we have the creation and the creators. This lesson should motivate us to start to really see what material we ourselves use to build up our own personalities. Of course, we're using the mind to create with too, but we do it imperfectly, not understanding exactly what we're doing. In their creation, the archangels use the almightiness, which means they maintain perfect control over their creative works, and nothing can escape them. The human being's attention, however, is focused on the outer world of separations. Conditions in the outer world are attracting and capturing our attention through the five senses, but mostly through our sight. 
This outward attraction is obscuring the greater truth of our own divine nature. However, our personality, with effort, over time, can assimilate its awareness with the inner self-awareness and reach high states of super-self-consciousness. Then there will not be a difference between the archangels and us in terms of consciousness. But first, we must learn about this personality of ours, which, of course, is much, much more than just the material body. So we start analyzing the personality to understand its composition. Our personality self-awareness is the total collection of our elementals, all our thoughts, emotions, and desires. Now we have to think, where are all these elementals coming from that form our personality? We must understand that we are the ones creating the elementals out of the mind, and the mind is living. Either that, or we are re-energizing pre-existing elementals using the mind. Literally, everything existing in all the universes has been created from the mind, and so it's living in its own way. However, when we say everything existing is created from the living mind, we do not mean that the eternal spirit beings were created from the mind. They've not been created at all, and so thus they will never end. They will never cease to be. Now, within the circle of possibilities for human beings are all the possibilities of the archangels, too, because the human idea archetype is contained in the archangelic archetype. To develop these possibilities to the point of realization, we must study the human circle of possibilities to find our current place in that circle. And, of course, the seeker must do this by using the mind consciously. Now, we mostly use the mind subconsciously in revitalizing pre-existing groups of elementals. These were created by our predecessors. Now, another question. Where are all these pre-existing elementals residing? Of course, it's in the mind, but more accurately, it's in that aspect of the mind called cosmic and planetary subconsciousness. Just like a human being has their own subconsciousness, our planet, our solar system, our galaxy, the entire cosmos have subconsciousness that records everything that has ever happened in the universe. In the planetary subconsciousness, there are all the elementals of every human being that has been created since their arrival on the planet. Again, all these have been created from the living, indestructible mind. So these elementals are living, and they're indestructible too. They cannot be destroyed, but the power in them can be taken. We can kill the power in them by de-energizing them. And this renders them inactive. Inactive, but not annihilated. The composition of the material body is well known, yet the material body... The personality has an independent life different from the composition of the material body. The personality is and is not the real self. At the very heart of it, it's our real self, the ray of our spirit soul self, but the rest of its composition is not our real self. The personality and its material body are living because in them is the pulse of life, which comes from the Holy Spirit and our real self. However, the unique way each personality is living is different from the way other personalities are living. Life is common, but the way one is living his life differs from the way others are living their lives. 
And this is because the entire set of elementals that compose one's personality is different from the elementals composing other personalities. Each one of us has his or her own unique set of personal elementals. They are not the real self. But how can we be sure about that? Well, through introspection, we can know this for sure. All we really need to do and must do is to think about the personality as a child, your personality as a teenager or an adult. The elementals of our thoughts, emotions, and desire composing our personalities at any point in time are never the same. Your thoughts and emotions and desires as a child are not the same ones you have as a adult, and they will definitely not be the same ones you have as an elderly person. Where did that personality of yours as a small child go? Our task as a human being is to study and know the personality as it is now. This means studying our thoughts, emotions, and desires that are composing our personality. Everything that comes to our attention that we start thinking about creates and gives life to an elemental. Anything that causes vibration in our psychical bodies, such as desires for emotions, for something, or as an aversion to something, empowers that elemental. Attraction and repulsions are forces in the psychical body. This gives us elementals in different degrees of power. An elemental is a living existence, and anything living must have a form. We are the ones giving the form to the elementals when we create one consciously. When we create one subconsciously, the elemental gets a form according to its own nature, which means the nature of the emotions and thoughts that created it. Knowing that our personality is composed by the entire set of elementals we harbor and express, the next question is, where are those elementals stored? Well, they're stored in our subconscious as well as the planetary subconscious. However, it's best not to speak much about the subconsciousness of the planet. But we can say that when an elemental has fulfilled its purpose for its creation, it does not get destroyed but becomes disenergized, and it enters the subconsciousness of the planet, which is a part of the cosmic subconsciousness as well. There it remains inactive until someone else comes along who resonates to the same vibration of that elemental and reawakens it, and the elemental comes to them. We have to be extremely careful what elementals we awaken and revitalize, because once we do, they won't automatically go away until they fulfill their purpose, or we disenergize them. We should be especially vigilant with the desires we believe that are so important to us today. Because as Dasklos often warned us, our most important desires today may become serious obstacles to us later in this life or in a future incarnation. Maybe you've had the experience of something coming to you in this life that thwarts and delays you from accomplishing something good you're working to accomplish. Another way of saying this is that all your desires will certainly be fulfilled, but when? They will be fulfilled in what we call the future, the future in this lifetime or a future lifetime. They will be fulfilled unless you consciously de-energize them before they come to fruition. All of us have created elementals with good and bad qualities, and these exist in a range of degrees of purity. They can be really bad elementals, somewhat bad, slightly bad, 
They can also be particularly good and noble elementals, or even slightly good elementals. And there's a constant flight between the good and bad elementals within our personality. When this war gets intense, it can make us very unhappy. An elemental can be detected in the aura of the material body's etheric double. When we give birth to an elemental, it continues to grow and changes its appearance. Both the good and bad elementals take on a coloring. So the coloring of an elemental is showing its nature and strength as it expresses itself within a personality. These elementals definitely have a power, but it's the power we give to them by the intensity and number of times we've repeated them. To detect the power in us, we need to enter ourselves, observe and understand the composition of our own personality, and then decide to change what needs to be changed. For example, say you have an extraordinary strong desire in you for having something. We all have desires for something. Desire is not bad in and of itself. Even Christ was saying we have the right to ask God for what we need. But we should check our desires to see if the object of our desire is something good and really needed, or if it's not. So we investigate this in order to understand the nature of that desire. The elementals have their own consciousness. And when the elementals strongly exert an attraction to an object of desire, they approach us offering some benefit to our personality. Now, if we mistakenly identified the personality to be our real self, then we're likely to think the offer will truly benefit us, and so we accept it. The elemental's desire is a force of attraction to that which is of its own nature or quality. That attraction has an influence on us. Elementals can be good or bad advisors to us, depending upon their nature. An elemental has its work to do in order to fill the purpose for which it was created. However, the elemental's purpose may or may not be in harmony with your stated purpose in life or with the divine plan for your life. Now, we could draw an analogy between a harmful elemental and a tapeworm. A parasitic tapeworm attaches itself to the intestines and then secretes a chemical that makes the person crave what's good for the tapeworm. On a continuous basis, it draws energy from the person it hosts on. Now, in a similar way, harmful elementals attach to your etheric double and make you crave or desire that which is the harmful elemental was created for. It's drawing energy from you, the elemental's host. And we all have a mixture of good and bad elementals. Both the good and bad elementals want to draw the attention of their master, which is you. The good reasoning elementals interfere with the negative elementals and vice versa. Then we have that inner conflict, or in some cases, it's like an outright war. But think about this. Who pays the cost of that war? You do. It's like you are a store owner with lots of delicate items for sale. Then two quarrying people come into your store and start a physical fight. And as they fight, they break things and they damage your store. Such is the effect of conflicting elementals in our subconsciousness. Now, when we study our inner conflicts in introspection, who is doing the study? Is it you as a personality or you as an inner self? It could be either. When it's you as an inner self, 
you will assuredly win the war. If it's you as a personality, the war can be horrific. Yet, if you, as a personality, realizing something of your real nature as life, decide to end the war and change things for the better, that's a great step forward. This is a step toward a simulation of your personality self with your inner self. This assimilation gives true joy. Now we said that the elementals could be detected in the aura. But don't imagine them sleeping or in a dormant state in your aura. On the contrary, they are continually active and affect your personality. According to their purpose, elementals make you aware of certain things. They give you knowledge of certain things according to their purpose. Then there's a reaction in your personality. Maybe it's a mild reaction or an extraordinary strong reaction. Pay attention when you have reactions to things, especially the automatic knee-jerk kinds of reactions. This happens because there's an influence coming from the elemental, which causes your body to react with some emotions and thoughts, maybe even take action. Now, other kind of elementals are drawn into this process, and their impulse in you creates even more elementals associated with the initial reaction. Now, the newly good or bad elementals will have many other similar elementals that will come forward and accept it and welcome it. They're in you, these elementals I'm talking about. They give some of their own power to that elemental, which is of a similar vibration. And this increases the propagation of elementals, good or bad. It works both ways. Pre-existing good or bad elementals in us will always come forward with their influence and suggestions. But if we are living subconsciously, we will not notice that. So we must introspect with concentration and observation to notice these influences within our personality. We must stay vigilant in order to understand what's really going on. This means we are using the mind in a higher rate of vibration as a detached observer. Observation means to be on the alert, which is to say watch. Christ divides people to watch and pray. We watch and pray so we do not enter temptation. To watch and pray over our own personality so that it does not become tempted. Actually, we're in temptation all the time. So really, we need to watch and pray that we do not succumb to the temptations that are all around us. This lesson is particularly important for everyone on the planet because temptation is a part of humankind's life, just as it was in past times and will be in the future. Today, there's an ever-growing quality and quantity of temptations available to us. Temptation is a condition we undergo which comes with an ordeal. Unfortunately, people too often mistake what are really their temptations to be their opportunities in life and thus they go astray. To discover how we are tempted, we first need to sit down and enter the silence. We need to be quiet and peaceful in order to detect those elementals that are tempting and misguiding us. In finding them, be careful not to make the mistake of accusing your own personality, or take the unhealthy feeling of guilt for your errors. No need to accuse your personality for mistakes, just make the correction so the mistakes are not repeated. To feel negative about yourself and think, oh, I'm a bad person, 
I did this and that wrong. Alas, I am a sinner. It's a total waste of time and leads nowhere but down. These are the actual masochistic tendencies of your own egoism, which likes to play both sides. Likes to be the good guy and also likes to feel bad. Playing both sides feeds the egotism and makes it feel more alive. Egoism will praise you and blame you. Because both praise and blame energize the egoism. Which is the property source of the old saying, praise and blame are both the same. Also, be aware of this dynamic outside yourself. The people who are so quick to praise others tend to be just as quick to blame them. Keep in mind, no matter how evil a person's words and action may be, there are no evil people. Their behavior, certainly we can say, may be rooted in what we call evil, which is just ignorance. But human beings are created by God, and thus they cannot be evil. Human beings can be ignorantly misguided, so the harmful outcome of their actions can be called evil. Now we come to a specially important part in the teachings. Christ advised us not to fight or resist evil. This is because you can't put fire out with more fire. You need water to put fire out. Similarly, we cannot extinguish hatred or other evil feelings in people except by love. Now, in our study to make corrections to our own personalities, we have to separate our sense of self from the impulses of our elementals. We too often mistake these impulses to be coming from our real self. So the first thing to do is to break this subconscious impulse reaction habit by coming to a solid decision. Not to be such a hurry. Don't be in such a hurry to react. Do not just immediately obey the impulses coming from your pre-existing elementals. Secondly, we can employ the help of pre-existing good elementals. These are our ally elementals. They will come to our aid because these elementals are quite alert and active in us too. The great art we should learn is how to create good ally elementals, good thought forms for ourselves, for our family, and for our friends. We also must learn how to consciously disenergize the unwanted elementals with reason. Then we will see the elemental is just losing its color and power. When any elemental, good or bad, has fulfilled its purpose, it also loses its color and power and becomes inactive. But when a strong desire elemental is not fulfilled or consciously disenergized, what happens? The devil of our own egoism increases its obstinacy and come forward with a dangerous set of whys or demands. Some of the whys you might hear are, why are my desires not fulfilled? Why do other people get their desires fulfilled and not me? Now this ancient elemental of jealousy can find a place in you and make you feel even worse, make you feel miserable. If you continue this dangerous course of questioning, you may ask, who's preventing me from having my desires fulfilled? Well, sometimes it's the people around you who love you that are keeping your desires from being fulfilled. If this is the case, there's a greater danger in starting to resent them. And in extreme cases, you may even find ways to take revenge on them. Of course, all these lower nature tendencies must be rejected. If you hold on to these unhealthy feelings coming from your egoism, immediately there's a self-punishment. 
as they are producing harmful toxins in your body. So we must study our inner conditions and impulse. The gain of detecting these egoistic impulses is twofold. One gain is by identifying mistakes and misguidance, we can make corrections to prevent further pain and suffering and so much trouble. The second gain is that this process will slowly start to reveal your real self. Your real self is the master of your body and emotions and thoughts and will act as the master if your egoism is not allowed to interfere and take control. Even at the lowest level of our selfhood, the personality, God's gift of free will is still preserved. There's a great and good byproduct of gaining control over the creation of elementals. Elementals sap our energy in the continuation of their life. When you eliminate the unhealthy, unnecessary ones, you have more energy to empower the good thought-desire type elementals. Thought-desire just means the elemental has more thought than desire, which makes them more effective. Now, the good creative elementals will have more energy and power, which means they are able to manifest and bring good results quicker. By creating fewer elementals, but more powerful ones, you know the way to have what you need sooner rather than later. And to reach this point, we must go into that part of our subconsciousness where all these elementals have been stored. There we clean and remove the numerous unhealthy and unnecessary elementals. The mastery over these elementals will make your life even more manageable, happier. This mastery will give you real satisfaction, whereas before, maybe you were more of a slave to these elementals, and a slave enjoys no satisfaction. Of course, it's good and right to ask God to give us what we need in order to make reasonable advancements in our life. However, to devote so much of our time to chasing after riches and not enjoying the life God has given us, well, that's, that's a huge mistake. And at the end of the day, this way of living ends up creating an army of desire elementals that impedes and blocks not only your spiritual advancement, but also the ability to enjoy your life on earth. Now, these teachings Daskalos brought forth are really the science of life. The science of life leads us out of confusion, out of illusion and suffering. God has given us an abundance of everything, everything we humans need to enjoy life and be happy. When it comes to being happy and enjoying life, it's not the quantity of the things you have, but the disposition of the heart that counts. I want to say that again. When it comes to being happy in life, It's not the quantity of the things you have, but it's the disposition of the heart that counts. So that's something about the composition of the personality, how it gets built up, how that comes to determine if we're happy or unhappy in life. In the next class, we will discuss what we are, the pure soul and the soul personality, also called the permanent personality. We will explore the higher levels of our selfhood beyond that of our everyday personality. These are the levels of the soul self. And we find this soul self in two states of expression, that of the pure soul, which is forever free, never bound, and resides in the eternal now. And we find its expression as the soul personality, 
the so-called inner self, which projects a ray of itself into the temporary time-space-place worlds of existence. This ray of the inner self is like the backbone on which we will create our personality. This is what we are as a human being and not who we are as a personality. Until then, we wish you many blessings.